السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله <تصفيق> 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 حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إن الحمد لله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدًا عبده ورسوله يقول الله جل وعلا في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها 
وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أعاذنا الله وإياكم منها أجمعين Dear brothers and sisters in the earliest days of the mission of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wasallam in Mecca shortly after he received the divine speech Allah Ta'ala legislated an act of worship do you know what that act of worship was the very first act of worship that Allah Ta'ala legislated for this ummah some might say it is salat some might say it is charity and others might say it is dua but the very first thing that Allah Ta'ala legislated for this ummah was the act of wudu the act of wudu what we translate as ablution or washing ritually to prepare for offering the prayer Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahmatullahi alayhi records a hadith from Zayd ibn al-Haritha that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam said that the angel Gabriel came to him in the earliest stage of receiving revelation and taught him how to make wudu. The angel Gabriel came to him in this majestic angelic form and conveyed to the Prophet ﷺ the steps of wudu and after that the steps of prayer. This means that wudu or washing for the prayer is the very first ritual in Islam that was conveyed to the Prophet ﷺ. And we see in the first revelation he received there is a reference to this purification more generally. When Allah Ta'ala says to him, And purify your garments. It was soon after that that Jibreel instructed him on wudu, the washing for prayer, and the prayer itself. And then he demonstrated both of these to the ummah in the very, very earliest days of Islam. The five obligatory prayers were already established, but they weren't five just yet. That would come after the Isra and the Mi'raj. But the prayer was a reality. And the requirement of the prayer was a reality, the wudu. So wudu, the form of prayer in wudu existed in the very beginning of the history of Islam. Now, obviously, when we bring up wudu, maybe some people are thinking, well, wudu is something very simple. It was very basic, something that we quickly do and get out of the way so we can go to offer our prayer or recite the Qur'an and so forth. So why should we bother talking about wudu? Aren't there more important things to talk about? Why are we speaking about something so simple and so basic that obviously everyone knows? But the, the reality, dear brothers and sisters, is that if you stop, and contemplate wudu, you will find powerful meanings and you will derive powerful lessons from it. And when you know those lessons and meanings, 
and you bring them to your hearts as you're making wudu, you will find that your prayer is transformed. You will find that you have more attention and more presence in the prayer when you connect to these realities of wudu. Now, the command to make wudu appears just once in the Holy Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu idha qumtum ila salati faghtasilu wujuhakum wa aydiyakum ila almarafiq wamsahu biruusikum wa arjulakum ila alka'bayn He says, O oh you who have believed, when you rise to perform prayer, wash your faces and your arms to the elbows and wipe over your heads and wash your feet to the ankles. Look how Allah Ta'ala speaks about wudu and connects it to iman, faith, belief and conviction in Allah. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Allah connects wudu and salat to iman. And the ulama, our scholars say that when the person is making wudu and standing before the divine and offering prayer, it is the physical expression of their iman. It's as if they are saying, بِلِسَانِ hal, I really believe in La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. It's not just in the heart without anything going on outwardly to show it. The prayer is established with this condition of wudu. But what does wudu really mean? In the Arabic language, wudu comes from the word wada'a. And wada'a means lustration. What does lustration mean? Lustration is from the word luster. And luster means to make something bright, to make something luminous, to make something shine. That is the meaning of wudu. We translate wudu as ablution, but it's not completely accurate. The accurate translation of wudu is lustration. But no one uses that word anymore in English. But it comes from luster, which is to shine to make something bright and luminous. And it's from the mercy of Allah Ta'ala that He has revealed to the Prophet ﷺ the virtues and benefits of wudu. And it's from the mercy of Allah Ta'ala that He conveyed those lessons and benefits to us. So by keeping these virtues in mind, we go from making wudu as a mindless task to something that we actually look forward to that we actually derive benefit from, to something in which we actually have presence and understanding. Now we understand that one of the benefits of washing for prayer, besides it being a condition for the validity of salat, one of the benefits is that it removes the effects of sins. Is there anyone among us who can say, I don't fall into sins? We're all sinful. We all make errors. And we learn that making wudu is a means of removing the effects of those sins. The Prophet ﷺ said that when the believer washes his face, every sin which he committed with his eyes will be washed from his face with that water. And when he washes his hands, every sin which is committed by his hands will be wiped away with the water. And when he washes his feet, every sin committed will be washed away with the water until finally, he said, 
the person emerges cleansed from all of their sins. How can that be a mindless task? How can that be something that we quickly do without thinking about just to get on to something that we consider more important? Just a formality. It's not a formality. It's an act of ibadah, an act of worship. Allah Ta'ala gives us at least five chances or less or more to wipe away the effects of our minor sins. And that is by making wudu. We have so many opportunities to clean our slate daily through wudu, through salat, through remembrance, through charity, through so many opportunities to wipe away the effects of sins. And no one can say that they don't fall into sins daily. So just by maintaining a proper wudu daily, sins get washed away. But something that is even more profound is that wudu is the identifying mark of the believer. It is the identifying mark of the believer. Because on the day of judgment, after we die, and after Allah resurrects every single soul, that day, Yawmul Qiyamah, the day of judgment, when the day of the overwhelming event occurs, on that day, no one will be able to help others. Because everyone will be concerned about themselves. On that day, people will flee even from their closest relatives. Every person will have their own business to attend to. They'll be too worried about themselves to even worry about their near relatives. On that day, as people are scattered, preoccupied with themselves, with the whole of humanity, every single human being will be running, hungry, thirsty, tired, scared, barefoot. However, that frightening day is also a day in which the noble rank of the Prophet ﷺ will be made manifest. It will be the day in which his banner rises high. It will be the day in which he is honored with the shafa'ah, with interceding for his community. It is that day when he will say, Ana laha, ana laha, the intercession is for me. So on that day, there is still hope. But there will be billions of people. There will be billions of people from the ummah on that day. So the question is, among the billions of people standing on that day, how will the Prophet ﷺ recognize us? How will he recognize you? How will he recognize me? Now this question was put to the Prophet ﷺ by the companions. They asked him this very question. And he answered, My followers will come with bright faces and shining limbs from the traces of wudu. The traces, athar al-wudu. The traces and effects of wudu. And in another narration, he says, On the day of judgment, my followers, my followers will be addressed as al-ghur al-muhajjalun, from the traces of their wudu. And then he said, whoever 
can increase his areas of radiance, let him do so. So on that day, his ummah will be addressed as Al-Ghurr Al-Muhajjalun. What does that mean? Al-Ghurr refers to a kind of horse that, has, that is dark and it has a white streak of hair on its forehead. And Muhajjal refers to the white streaks of the horse that are going down its limbs. When you see the Ghurr Muhajjal kind of horse, you see a dark horse, but you see a white streak going across the forehead, and you see white streaks going down the legs of that horse. And so the Ummah, the community of the Prophet ﷺ, on that day will be known as Al-Ghurr Al-Muhajjalun. Those who from the traces of their wudu that they made here in this life will have an effect on that day. This physical water that you and I use daily to make wudu will leave a nurani, luminous effect by which they glow bright on the Day of Judgment. And it is by that glow that the Prophet ﷺ recognizes his ummah. That is how he recognizes us. And if we know this to be true, what then of the person who claims to be from this ummah, yet they don't pray? If they're not praying, we can almost guarantee they're not making wudu. So that means they don't make wudu. A person who consistently neglects their salat is consistently neglecting their wudu. If they consistently neglect their wudu, how will they have the identifying mark by which they are recognized to be from the ummah of the Prophet Of course, that person who's neglecting their prayer and thereby neglecting their wudu. They might wash their hands before meals. They might wash their hands before and after meals or when they're cleaning up. But they have no wudu. They have no wudu. They don't do the ritual act of preparing for the prayer. Is that person not worried? Is that person not afraid that on the day of judgment they'll have no identifying marks that sets them apart as a member of the ummah of the Prophet so what we do in this life has an impact in the next. And the simple, seemingly mundane act of making wudu, when done with a proper intention, we see it has an impact in the hereafter in being set apart and recognized as members of the community of the Prophet Muhammad Wudu is also a means to Jannah itself, to paradise. One of the benefits of making wudu is that if you do it properly, it is a means of you entering the gardens of paradise. Something as simple as wudu is a means to that. And we know this from the famous hadith of Bilal ibn Abi Rabah radiyallahu anhu. In that hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to Bilal, Ya Bilal, when I visited Jannah, I heard your footsteps therein. What do you do? This is interesting because in the night journey, in the miraculous ascension, when he journeyed through Jannah and saw what was in Jannah, he says to Bilal, now I heard your footsteps in Jannah. He's still alive, but he's talking in the past tense about something that hasn't even happened yet. So past, present, future, they're all combined here. He says, I heard your footsteps in Jannah. What exactly do you do that's so special? 
And Bilal radiallahu anhu thought for a moment and he says, I, I don't really do anything different from what everyone else does, except one thing. Whenever I break my wudu, when I lose it, I go and make the wudu fresh again, and then I offer two rak'ahs, a short prayer, after I do that. That's my habit. And that is linked to entering Jannah. So when the person maintains wudu and remakes it if they break it, this becomes a means of entering Jannah. Likewise, wudu and purification in general is half of our iman. It is half of our faith. Since wudu is the means of being recognized as a believer on the Day of Judgment and a means of entering Jannah, it has to be significant. And it is so significant that the Prophet ﷺ says, Purification is half of faith. And some people translate that as cleanliness is half of faith. But this is inaccurate because tuhur, purification, is what the scholars call haqiqatun shar'iyya, meaning it is a very specific legal term. So it's not just washing your hands when you get them dirty and keeping a clean house and washing your clothes. That's not exactly what it means. It is a legal term, which means that purification is half of faith. And for this reason, Imam al-Ghazali, rahmatullahi alayhi, he said that tuhur, or this purification, is on four levels. There's purifying the limbs from impurities and filth. There's purification of the limbs from sins. There's purification of the heart from internal diseases like arrogance, envy, and bad character. And lastly, there's purification of the soul from whatever pulls one away, taking them away from seeking the pleasure of Allah. In another narration, the Prophet ﷺ tells us, adhere to the path of righteousness even though you will not be able to do all of the acts of virtue. He said, know that the best of your good deeds is prayer. And no one, he said, will maintain their wudu except a true believer. And this means that, of course, we can't be perfect, but we should still strive. And then he tells us the best action we can do is salat. And that no one will maintain their wudu except a mu'min, a believer of a high status. This is the believer, a mu'min of a higher degree than just an ordinary Muslim. The one who makes wudu not just when they have to, but they're making wudu just to keep it at all times. That's a very high status. Lastly, dear brothers and sisters, as we talk about wudu and its virtue, we know that the Prophet ﷺ gave us very simple instruction. He said that whoever makes wudu well, and after they finish it, they say, an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah, wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh, Allahumma ja'anni min al-tawwabin wa ja'anni min al-mutatahhirin. That person will be forgiven. He mentions making the dua after we make the wudu. 
by testifying that no one deserves to be worshipped except God Almighty alone, who is alone, one without partner, and that his Prophet Muhammad is his final prophet and messenger. And then they close with the dua, Allahumma ja'alni min at-tawwabin wa ja'alni min al-mutatahhirin. Make me among those who are frequently repenting to Allah, O Allah, and make me from the mutatahhirin, those who actively seek out purification. He says in one narration that the one who says this, the eight gates of paradise will be opened for him and he can enter through any gate he wishes. So this hadith, coupled with the other ones, should really bring our attention to the importance of wudu. It should really remind us of the importance of this very basic thing that we do every single day. How is it that we can hear these narrations and not desire to make wudu properly? How can we hear these narrations and think that wudu is just a mindless task that we do quickly in the bathroom just to get it out of the way so we can go to other things? How can we be so mindless in the wudu thinking that it's just a minor thing without much value when we see the value that was assigned to it by Allah Ta'ala and His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam. Of course, there are situations where making wudu can be challenging. It can be challenging, of course, to make wudu at your workplace or at school. No one wants to be that guy who is all alone in the restroom with his foot in the sink as someone walks in. No one likes to be that guy but you know if the time of prayer is going out, you have no other choice. And there's a virtue in that. And you do it anyway, because you're not worried about embarrassing yourself in front of a co-worker. You're more concerned with pleasing your Lord. Likewise, sometimes water is cold. And people don't look forward to that kind of wudu of making it when the water is cold. But this is nothing new. This has always existed. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the command to make wudu 1400 plus years ago, there was no central heating, and making wudu with cold water was the norm. And there are, there are some narrations which speak about the added reward of making wudu when the water is cold. So the next time, dear brothers and sisters, when you're standing in front of the sink and you're making the wudu, remind yourself, that by making wudu, your sins are being washed away. Remind yourself as you make wudu that it's the means to Jannah. Remind yourself as you make wudu that this is the identifying mark that will transform to light shining upon you by which you are recognized by your beloved sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. May Allah ta'ala give us enabling grace, tawfiq, to complete our wudu and to recognize its value so that we in turn are recognized by the Prophet on the last day. May it be a means of purification and a means of connection. Ameen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. وأفضل الصلاة وأتم تسليم على سيدنا محمد الصادق الأمين وعلى آله وصحبه ومن استن بسنته إلى يوم الدين وبعد. Dear brothers and sisters, as we mentioned in the first khutbah, the word 
wudu comes from the Arabic word wada'a, which means illumination or brightness. And so we say that the proper translation of this word wudu is lustration, from luster, from what is bright and shining. It is the means of physical purification as well as spiritual purification. And the significance of wudu is that through the ritual act of doing this for the sake of Allah, we are preparing ourselves physically and spiritually to stand before the divine in the sacred act of prayer. One of the ways we can better have presence of heart and focus while we're making wudu is to understand the virtues that we spoke about in the first khutbah, to keep those things in mind and in heart. Another way to have added focus and presence in wudu is to have an understanding of the ma'ani, the meanings, the significance of why we wash our hands the way we do, why we wash our face the way we do, why we rinse our nose and mouth the way we do, what is going on, why those limbs and not other limbs. And this has been explored by our scholars for a millennia and beyond. Al-Imam Al-Ghazali rahmatullahi alayhi explored this in great detail. Al-Imam Abdul Wahhab al-Sha'arani has an entire book just on this topic. And so I want to share just a few brief comments about the significance, the meanings behind these actions, so that we understand wudu is not a mindless task. It connects to something very profound. Al Imam Abdul Wahhab al-Sha'arani rahmatullahi alayhi mentions that the command that Allah gave us to make wudu is actually from His mercy upon us. It is from His mercy and blessings and His way of making things easy upon us. Because had He wished, the Divine could have obligated us to wash our entire bodies from head to foot for every single prayer. But he has not made that an obligation. That has only been made an obligation or a highly recommended act on the day of Jumu'ah, the day we are in. He also tells us that wudu, although it only involves our face, our hands, our arms, our head and our feet, it actually impacts the entire body. And he says that the wudu, even though it's limited to these limbs, it impacts the entire body, and it's the means for the entire body's purification. He said if you draw a circle around a human being, stretching out his arms like this, if you, if you do a circle around that person, you would see that the circle comes in contact with all of the limbs that we wash in wudu. So imagine a person standing like this, you draw a circle around them, the circle comes in contact with the head, the hands, and the feet. And those are the extremities of the human being that are washed in the act of wudu. So when you're making the wudu, what kind of meaning should you bring to mind? He says that when you wash your hands, you intend purification from the sins you did with your hand. Anything you touched or took, that was unlawful for you to touch or take. He says when you wash 
or rinse your mouth, you intend to purify yourself from the effects of any foul speech so that your tongue is cleansed before you stand in prayer to recite the words of Allah Ta'ala, the Qur'an. What about the rinsing of the nose? What is the significance of this? He mentions that the reason why we rinse the nose in what we call istinshaq is that it's for humbling ourselves. What do you call an arrogant person? You say the arrogant person is what? They're stuck up. Why do you say they're stuck up? Because they walk with their head high, with their nose high in the sky like they're better than everyone else. So there's a connection between the nose and humbling. And we have phrases in Arabic that express this as well. Rahima anf. So by rinsing the nose, a person is humbling themselves in that act. When they wash their faces, they intend to purify themselves from the sins of the eyes. How much do we see? Whether we intend it or not, how much comes into our heart through our eyes? You open your phone, you see things you don't intend to see that you shouldn't. And you stick around. Or you seek them out avidly. Or you walk past things and see things you shouldn't be looking at. Making wudu washes away the effects of all of that. And he says, when you wash your feet, you intend to purify your feet from walking to things that are displeasing to Allah or following the footsteps of shaitan. Dear brothers and sisters, these are just some of the meanings. And when we perform proper wudu and we combine the proper method of wudu with this inward focus, we will experience the sweetness of wudu, the meanings of wudu. And that will ready us for standing before Allah in salat. So we have to make an intention to focus on this, to pay more attention to our wudu. First, by making sure we're doing it properly, according to the guidance of sharia, to ensure that it is sound. And also by observing these meanings and experiencing the effects. And some months ago, as we were talking about the importance of khushu' or humility and focus in prayer, we mentioned what Imam Abdul Wahhab al-Sha'arani said about that. He said that your focus in salat is proportionate to your focus when you make wudu. So if the wudu is absent-minded, done quickly to get it out of the way, not thinking about it, that will transfer into our prayer and will also be scattered. But if we understand these meanings and we think about these things as we make the intention of wudu, we will find that effect carries over into the prayer too. And we'll have a better quality prayer with more focus, more concentration, more presence as we stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala give us a deep understanding of our deen and an understanding of the significance of wudu and its inner and outer aspects. We ask Allah ta'ala to purify us inwardly and outwardly, zahiran wa batinan, and to make us people of tahara, of purification. Allahumma tahir qulubana minal nifaq, wa a'amalana minal riya, wa alsinatana minal kathib, wa uyunana minal khiyana, fa innaka ta'alamu khainata al-a'yuni, wa ma tukhfi al-sudur. May Allah make us from Al-Ghurr Al-Muhajjareen on the Day of Judgment, those people who are shining bright and recognized by Al-Habib Al-Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Alihi Wa Sallam. Rabbana Atina Fid Dunya Hasana 
وفي الآخرة حسنا وقنا عذاب النار اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا بقدر عظمة ذاتك في كل وقت وحين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين وقوموا إلى صلاتكم